0: Welcome back to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation news and commentary. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill and Mr. Taylor, whose writings on the industry you can regularly read over on The Wrap and whose musings on the Mission Impossible movies you can listen to on Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast. He and I are recording this week's show on Tuesday, February 13th, 2024, and yes, I know, it's been a while since we last served up a new episode of this podcast, but there's a perfectly logical explanation, which involves a film festival, a pandemic, an elderly relative spinning in, a wake, a funeral, and then an atmospheric river, an earthquake, and an O'Reaster, but Let's be honest here, folks. You don't want to hear excuses. You want to hear animation news, Uh, especially the sort of news that Drew shared over on The Wrap late last week, a story that damn near broke the Internet. And uh, am I correct here? It was viewed by over two million people. That
1: was just my tweet was viewed by over 2 million people. Uh, I don't uh, even know how many people this actually reached or how many link backs to it, but we'll we'll get into it in
0: the second half of the show. That we will. That we will. All right. But first, the news. And as always, the news portion of today's show is brought to you by touringplans.com. If you're headed down to Orlando anytime soon to go visit some of the many theme parks you'll find there, touring plans can help you save time. More importantly, it can help you save money money. So before you book that flight to Central Florida, go check out touringplans.com and you can thank us later. Okay, so where should we start, Drew? I mean, I you know, I, I, I guess it's important to acknowledge the stuff that just came uh, through and um, there was that trailer for the limited series waju am, am i saying that right the 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 disney that's uh, pretty good yeah
1: that yeah. is pretty good
0: I, yeah okay all right uh but again limited series we got our first full trailer there handsome looking though to be honest I, if we're going to talk about limited series we we do have to do the moana story a year ago uh during his first earnings call after Iger returned as Disney CEO. And, and remember, he, he he came back to the door, replacing Bob Chapek on November 20th, uh, 2022, and his first earnings call was February 9th, 2023. And at that time, Bob revealed that the company had a Frozen 3, a Zootopia 2, and a Toy Story 5 in the works. And then, uh, all right, correct me if I'm wrong here, November 16th. And this was when he, he went on Good Morning America. That's when Bob let slip that, that oh, did I say Frozen 2 or Frozen 3? It's actually Frozen 3 and 4, right? But no mention of a Moana sequel. Could, you know, uh, now, mind you, what was it? Back in December of 2020, uh, we found out that uh, Disney Animation Studios were developing two limited series for disney plus one that would continue the storyline of moana which again released to theaters back in november of 2016 and another limited series uh built around princess tiana uh the title character from disney's princess and the frog which released originally to theaters in november of 2009 and okay both of these limited series we're supposed to go to the Disney streaming service in 2023. But then in August of 2021, that delivery date was amended. Moana the Series now wasn't supposed to show up on Disney Plus to 2024. And they also, at this time, they talked about the new production facility up in Vancouver, right? The one that was going to be doing long-form series for Walt Disney Animation Studios. Do you remember that?
1: Yes, and and they are still doing okay. Tiana up there. Got um, it. And, and they also provided the animation for, for this
0: Moana project. Well, so. Uh, okay, now... Yes. So Again, just... They're working. They're, they're working. working. They're working. In fact, Tiana, the series. Now, were you still hearing... That that's is going to make the Disney Plus this fall, you know, because that's the weird part of it is, I'm hearing that from Imagineering, and that's largely because the what is it the world and the storyline that is a large part of Tiana's Bayou Adventure gets introduced with Tiana the series. Are you hearing the same thing or?
1: I had not heard that. I had heard that the look of this show is very ambitious. I don't think I can say more than that, but I hadn't heard any timelines. Okay. Um, Okay. I'm sure they would love to have it uh, coincide, but... The Walt Disney World version of Tiana's Bayou Adventure was just announced to open this summer, so it's definitely not coming out this summer. The show, so I don't know okay. what the plans are.
0: All right, that that's that's interesting because you know you have uh, been hearing the Disneyland one is running behind schedule, but all right, that that's another show. Okay, now for right to, to further muddy the water here, uh, April of last year, uh, to be specific, April third, two thousand twenty-three. Dwayne Johnson announces that Disney would be producing a live-action version of Moana, uh, one where Johnson would not only be serving as one of the film's producers, but that w- in which Dwayne Johnson would be reprising his role as Maui, uh, albeit in live-action form. And then uh, two months after that, June 13, 2023, Johnson gets on social media and reveals that Disney's live-action Moana now has a release date, which is a little more than two years away, a June 27, 2025. But immediately after this announcement, Disney has an absolutely miserable stretch at the box office, where all sorts of films, uh, its live-action version of Little Mermaid, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, The Marvels, and Elemental, all underperform at the box office. Though, to be fair, uh, that Peter Somm film would eventually redeem itself ticket-wise over the length of the summer. And th- but then then just last month on on June 20 oh, excuse me, January 29th 2024 Nielsen reports that Disney's Moana was the most streamed movie for all of 2023 with what 1.6 billion minutes viewed now, now just a reminder when it comes to streaming uh films and television shows it's not how many times a complete film or a complete individual episode of a TV show is viewed but how many minutes of a movie or a TV show are viewed because face it most people when they're streaming are either watching on their phones or their laptops and it's very rare that you get to complete a full film so now drew let's be realistic here uh, you know given that that information was real revealed in Jane jan- late January of last month this decision to to change Moana the series into Moana 2, a theatrical release, that had to have been in motion before this news got out, right?
1: Correct. I thought I had told you about this months ago, Jim, but I guess I (laughs) hadn't. Yeah, they have been thinking about this for a little while now. Um, Basically, the episodes were coming in and they were so good. And I've heard this from other people that it's even better than the original movie. Wow. Um, Okay. they were so good that they said well, well what what else can we do to this and i think it speaks to the deprioritization of disney plus and also how they've proven that if a movie is in theaters it'll do better in streaming it'll sell more plush at target all of those things obviously there are other moana projects for the parks that are in various stages of development there so we go. okay It just made a lot more sense as a theatrical movie, especially with the quality of animation and the quality of the storytelling, really. So, yeah. But,
0: okay. Now, uh, I've been hearing some interesting things over the past couple of days. Like, Like, for example... Uh, and and <laughs> what this this next story brings to mind is the story that that you shared about John Goodman and uh you know Billy Crystal in regard to Monsters at Work that 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 thing was in motion and headed toward Disney Plus and they still hadn't necessarily signed those two to do the voices for that series, right? Correct. I, yeah. I've been hearing that Dwayne Johnson had signed to do Maui for Moana the series, but now that it's Moana 2, a theatrical release, they have to renegotiate the deal? Have you heard anything to that effect? Or
1: uh, I have heard conflicting reports about who was involved at what point. I think that both of them will be in it okay. Okay. eventually. But right. I don't know if any... I've heard that, yeah, I've heard that Dwayne is closer because he shared it on Instagram and stuff. And he he's did. obviously, hmm. he's very involved in the remake, as you said, the live action one, which is still on tap for next year. So I don't know how that's going to really? work. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, um,
0: okay. That,
1: I, I, a lot of Moana, uh, all Moana all the time, Jim. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he's he's definitely involved. And I think they'll get there with with. Mm E soon enough but you know she's been she's been very public about not being in the live action one so
0: but 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 interesting that she is an executive producer of the I mean face it you know know, that's kind of an honorary title in a lot of situations but but Um, speaking of which though, Moana 2, uh, being directed by Dave Derrick Jr., who started as a storybook artist on the original Moana.
1: He has a great career though. He's, he's done so many things.
0: Well, again, I, I love it when folks, you know, get an opportunity to step up. I mean, face it. How many people we know from Chris Sanders on forward who started off boarding and, you know, did amazing work and and then got their chance to helm a project? But
1: Here's my question about Chris Sanders. Have you ever seen an artist board in the same style that they would draw the character? I mean, you can pick a Chris (laughs) Sanders board out. No, no, from no. across the room, right?
0: Totally, totally. I mean, you know, totally. that, that, okay. you know all the way back to uh, Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I mean, it just sort of, yep. you know, his his stuff. You know, as always, it's like, okay, that, that that's Chris. Uh, now, yeah. uh, all right. Now back to to Lin Manuel Miranda here. Um, not writing any songs for the sequel. Uh, Abigail Correct. Barlow and Emily Bear are handling that aspect of the project. And evidently, they came on Disney's radar because of the unofficial Bridgerton musical that uh, I guess you can sample online. and got some really great stuff. On the other hand, Mark Messina and Opeta uh, uh they're returning to handle Moana 2's score. Now, uh, where it gets interesting, though, is Lin-Manuel Miranda... Is writing new songs for the live action version of Moana. And by the way, Dwayne Johnson just yesterday revealed that they have, in fact, found the young actress who will be playing the title role in Disney's next live action redo. But Dwayne's not ready to reveal who that is just yet. Uh, but as you meant, it, it, it's not uh, Ollie Cravallo uh, who voiced Moana in the original animated Fury series we just mentioned, she's an executive producer on the live action. Although I've heard she might cameo, but Olani is, uh, uh, uh you uh, might cameo Jim. Anybody could cameo. Who's to say? Well, no, no, that's it. Exactly. Uh, but, but she's definitely voicing Moana and Moana too. And the final bit of news here, live action version of Moana is being directed by Thomas Kale, who directed the film versions of in the Heights and Hamilton. And, and, but you know, obviously those are both musicals for the stays that were created by Lynn manuel Miranda. Uh, and for one of her friends at Disney, it was Lynn who personally campaigned to get Thomas this gig, talking Kale up to Executive Studio as well as Dwayne Johnson. And by the way, uh, you remember a couple of weeks back... I shared the news that uh, Eric Goldberg was retiring, you know, that that he and Susan had bought a home in the Midwest and he'd be leaving Disney Studios. But Drew shared that Eric was staying on at Disney. Actually, he had a few things to finish up. And suddenly this makes sense, Uh, you know, especially with Moana 2 you got to assume we're going to get some more mini Maui, right?
1: Uh, yes. I think that is a fair assumption. Jim. Okay. All right. Uh, yes. So
0: now, okay. Just to be clear here, you, you've heard, in like fact, you mentioned earlier in the show here, live action Moana still June of 2025, right?
1: Yeah, it, it is a, still a big priority uh, okay. for the company. I mean, it was supposed to start, I think in August of last year before the writer strike uh, happened. So they're very keen on getting this out the door as quickly as possible. So, yeah, I, I think it'll probably still okay. stay there.
0: But, okay, you I, know,
1: Jim, anything's possible well, in no, this no, no, crazy no, no. town.
0: No, that's that's it exactly. I, I just want to share a conversation that I had earlier today about, you know, that there's a possibility of it getting pushed out to 2026. And, and what's interesting is supposedly that's on the heels of... Of the Wicked true that dropped in the Super Bowl, you know, to the effect of, wow, oh, that looks good. And remembering that, uh, what is it, that um, Wicked 2 drops, uh, what is it, November.
1: The following year. The following year.
0: Yeah. And I, what I was hearing initially was that because of the writer's strike, um, Moana live action might slide out of, or initially they were thinking, all right, it's going to slide out of summer, you know, but you know, we could go holiday uh, 2025. But then it's like, no, wait a minute. That's when Avatar 3 is supposed to drop. So does this mean 2026? And does it mean summer? Does it mean you know, holiday? And you know, part of that, <laughs> to be honest, also caroms off if James Cameron is actually going to make the delivery date for Avatar uh, three. But
1: well, I would actually keep an eye on Moana two versus Wicked because they have the exact same release date this year. <sighs> so see who blinks. If they do stay on that date, see who triumphs. I think that will dictate a lot of the
0: wow. schedule for twenty twenty five. Wow, why didn't they mention that today? Okay, uh, oh, geez, okay. All right, now, uh, Drew mentioned at the top of the show, Moana is very much a, a priority for the parks. For example, we just had... Journey of Water, inspired by Moana, uh, that opened in the World Nature section of Epcot uh, October 16th of last year. Mind you, not the first Moana-themed thing in a theme park. Uh, Moana, a homecoming celebration, actually opened at Hong Kong Disneyland back in May of 2018, uh, less than two years after the film opened in theaters. Then uh, Disneyland Park in California, their Magic Happens Parade, which debuted in uh, February uh, 2020 that had a sizable Moana unit. Uh, November of that same year, Hong Kong Disneyland Sleeping Beauty Castle was reimagined as the Castle of Magical Dreams, and uh, among the the towers that were added to this now 177-foot-tall structure was a Moana-themed tower, and now back to Disneyland. What what does a
1: Moana-themed tower look like?
0: Jim, what uh, what does that look like? Is it palm fronds or something? What is it? Do you know the rock? How in Moana, everybody carries a rock to the top of the thing only for one more. Yes, it's a seashell. Supposedly, that's what at the top of the the tower, kind of the effect of you can see the the seashell for the seashell. Um, but anyway, uh, back to you, Disneyland and Anaheim, uh, the Main Street Electrical Parade returned to that theme park April of 2022 with its To Honor America finale retooled to feature a cameo by Moana. And of course, uh, September of 2023, Josh Demaro, head of Disney Parks, Products, Experiences, teased that WDI was thinking of retheming the Dinoland USA portion of Disney's Animal Kingdom. You know, with the idea that Chester and Hester's Dinarama would become a Moana-themed area. And the Dino Institute, home to Countdown to Extinction, Dinosaur the Ride, that would become a Zootopia themed area. Uh however, one year later, September of uh 2023, Tomorrow offers up an amended version of this plan. Now there's an Encanto themed area uh going in the Chester and Hester Dynorama, whereas an East Coast version of Indiana Jones Adventure is replacing Dinosaur the Ride. So no Moana land for Florida.
1: No, I've heard that I've just heard that the the Animal Kingdom is a real priority, right? Is that the next Oh, Jim is going to give us the dirt
0: all well right. no it's just that where this gets fascinating is that um you know face it the the magic kingdom is the most popular uh, theme park in all of florida and you know and here you know just in the, you know the, the, in the weeks that, that Drew and I have been away from doing fine tuning uh, we had that 7 minute long tease for Epic Universe drop. And, you know, face it, Disney, that's Disney's priority. How do we react to that? And, you know, the notion is, look, if we pour, you know, billions into Animal Kingdom, it's still going to be Animal Kingdom. Uh, Whereas, you know, on, on the other hand, if we pour billions into the Magic Kingdom, and expand the overall capacity of that park by adding three mini lands for, you know, another 10 or 15,000 people a day. That's a much smarter return on investment. So, you know, I know this is probably disappointing news for the folks at Animal Kingdom who have been patiently waiting their turn. But I, I, I would anticipate, uh, especially with the D23 Expo coming up in, what, August of this year? You're probably going to hear more about an expansion of the Magic Kingdom than you are about a, a transformation of the Dino Land section at Animal Kingdom. I mean, it will eventually happen, but uh, this is more about a Disney looking at an epic universe, and it's like, you know, the only thing that makes sense in in this situation is to make the magic kingdom the most you know which is already the most popular uh theme park in florida bigger you know to handle more capacity because you know with the notion of that gives you uh you know a reason for people to return to the magic kingdom so anyway all right so so where were we here um oh, oh, oh. okay okay <sighs> made another visit to, to Target this week and, you know, was was strolling through the toy aisle and, you know, was looking at, at the Wish display, which, you know, has been marked down yet again. Everything's now an additional 15% off. And, and, and Wish, of course, uh, has become available for purchase on digital platforms like Prime Video, iTunes, and Vudu three weeks ago on June 23rd. And I... <sighs> Look, the, the folks at Walt Disney Animation Studio obviously have to be disappointed that both Wish and Once Upon a Studio didn't receive Academy Award nominations, uh, both in the uh, Best Animated Feature Character and the Best Animated Short. Uh, it's also got to be tough that that film's songs by Julia Michaels and Benjamin Rice. Uh, also, its score by Dave uh, Metzger didn't get recognized by the Academy either. Uh, you know, just... Uh, Feels a little personal this year. Anyway, our best animated feature uh, nominees—surprise, uh, surprise—the the Boy and the Heron. I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm happy to see you know uh, Elemental in there to, to, for our, our buddy Peter, but at the same time. Namona. you know and, and by the way are we enjoying our 500 page art of book
1: yes uh, I love it I I was gloating to somebody else uh, the other day <laughs> that I had it so yeah
0: oh, as you making should. friends all around <laughs> as you should true as you should okay uh, finishing out we have robot dreams and of course uh, spider-man across the spider-verse for animated shirt we've got a uh, letter to a pig 95 mm-hmm. senses our uniform and and Dermy. And
1: War is Over. I've seen War is Over, which is really great. It's, it's Dave Mullins' new oh, short who worked at Pixar. Yeah. And it is really, really wonderful. Okay. Um, yeah, I loved it. The, the incorporation of the John and Yoko song is a little odd, but it's really very cool. It's about soldiers on different sides of a kind of alternate history, World War One who are playing chess and using the bird to you know, send their moves over to one another. It's really, oh, sounds, it's really as, it's as heartwarming as, I can see Jim looking oh, looking very intrigued, that, yeah. That's that um, so
0: charming. I will have to seek yeah. that
1: out, you know. I What did you think of the uh, Best Picture nominations? I mean, were you surprised by anything?
0: Look, you know, a, a boy in the, in, her, in fact, you know, uh, it's worth noting that this coming weekend, uh, Saturday, February 17th, the Annie's are being held uh, at UCL's, uh, UCLA is Royce Hall, you know, and it's again, it's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point that boy and, and the boy and the heron is going to take home the Oscar for this year's best animated feature. But but it'll be interesting to see who else gets some love coming out of you know the annies this Saturday. But yeah, I mean, I for me, I, you know, again, uh, I was pleased given the narrative that was initially out there. For Elemental, that it, it, it got this love. But on the other hand, there's a part of me that really, really, really wants Namona to take it just so the folks at Blue Sky... Again, that story didn't end well, but it would be lovely if the very last thing that they got to the touch, you know, the, you know, that they worked so hard on uh, and got completed elsewhere uh, got some recognition. Uh, well, what about you? What, uh, what surprised you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it, I love robot dreams. I think it's really awesome. It's not coming out until May. I'm sorry for, to everyone, Okay, <laughs> but it is, it is beautiful and brilliant and I loved it. So I was happy to see it, but I was a little disappointed that turtles didn't make the top <sighs> five. I love that movie so much. Jim alluded to me, mm-hmm. uh, contracting covid once again and the first thing i did when i was laying in bed was was fire that up because i just it's just such a warm fun beautifully animated movie um but yeah i mean this this year was just i thought full of amazing animation
0: and 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 let's be honest here uh february of of 2024 is off to a strong start i mean have you seen orion in the dark yet yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Have you watched it? Yet? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, no. It, it just—it's one of these things where it's like, you know, and and it, again, the fact that it's over at Netflix and they have been as supportive as they can be of their stuff. I just, I felt bad that it again, it, it's February, it's early in the year, and come award season for 2024. I, I don't know if this will get it remembered, but it, it's well written, it's beautifully animated, it, it, great fun! Go seek it out. Uh, but yeah, now, now looking ahead to the rest of, of 2024, uh, we just got a trailer. For Despicable Me 4, uh, which won't arrive in theaters till July 3rd of this year. But we have our Gru Jr. And uh, now, mind you, this is the teaser trailer. I'm hearing that we'll get a second fuller trailer in front of Kung Fu Panda 4, which uh, arrives in theaters early next month, March 8th. On the other hand, if we're talking about theatrically released films, I gotta say, Drew, I am genuinely disappointed by what's been going on with those Pixar films that were returned to theater or, or, or made their, their theatrical debut, uh, you know, soul on January 12th for uh, turning red, uh, just last weekend, uh, February 9th. And I, I, I really have some trepidation about what's going to happen with Luca on, on March 8th, because what is it turning red just this past weekend, only made 637 uh, thousand in in north america which you know sounds bad but when you compare that to the 557,000 that soul made over the 4 day long Martin Luther King Day weekend um I, you know i just i was hoping people would come out to support these uh these pixar films see them up on the big screen and it just it kind of hurts that uh, that didn't happen and uh, you know but but uh,
1: to be fair there was no marketing behind it gym. to be fair i mean the fact that you and i even knew that these things were happening is a miracle because they mm. were just not very well marketed um but seeing them on the big screen is so much fun and i Encourage people who still have absolutely. that option absolutely to go I mean, see it,
0: and at the very least, Luca you kind know, of just come on that, you of know, you got to see that in a big screen. And, and more to the point, we have to be fair, these three films at least got a theatrical release. You know, Coyote versus Acme, on the other hand, I will <laughs> tell you what, Mr. Taylor will reveal more about this movie and what's going on. Go to your happy
1: place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back.
0: Before we get started on the sad story of, of Coyote versus Acme, which I hope will have a happy ending, thanks to Drew's article over in the wrap, but more on that in a sec. Anyway, uh, we were talking a, a moment ago about. Uh, The Boy and uh, the Heron, which once upon a time was supposed to be Hayao Miyazaki's last movie, uh, and we were also just talking about theme parks with all the Moana stuff, and want to uh talk up Ghibli Park, uh the the which opened in Japan back in November of 2022. Uh, it, it's expanding, Drew. Uh, this uh, seven oh. yep 17.5 acre park is adding a new land, the Valley of the Witches, which opens next month on March 16th and features well a a stationary version of Howl's Moving Castle, Uh, not to mention uh, a a recreation of the bakery from Kiki's Delivery Service, and then the House of the Witches from uh, Earwig and the Witch. I really, really, really want to get over to to Achi Park in Japan at some point to see uh, Ghibli Park in person with my daughter Alice. Now, now, mind you, uh, <laughs> not to be blunt here, folks. It sounds like I have a better chance of doing that someday than it does ever getting the chance to see Coyote versus Acme. Now, a little background before Drew gets started here. Coyote versus Acme started out as an Ian Fraser story. Uh, that was published in uh, the New Yorker back in 1990. And, you know, had a wonderful premise of, you know, the notion of Wiley Coyote taking the Acme Corporation to court because of all of the devices that they sold him when he's trying to pursue the Roadrunner would fail. And Warner Brothers thought it was a wonderful idea as well. They optioned the film rights, and the project promptly entered development hell. Uh, it took decades before a, a workable script that actually delivered on the premise finally was pulled together. Uh, that, that would, that emerged in 2018. Dave Green got hired to direct this in 2019. John Sienna joined, um, as the human lead of the story in February of 2022, uh, production begins in New, New Mexico the following month, March of 2022, and wraps in May of that same uh, same year. Now, mind you, in the middle of that, uh, April of 2022, Warner Brothers Entertainment merges with Discovery, Inc., uh, and David Zaslav... The CEO of Discovery, Inc. becomes the new CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, the merged company, which is saddled with, what is it? $55 billion worth of combined debt. And that's supposedly Zav Slav's priority. He's got to deal with the debt for the company. So back in August of uh, 2022, this is when Warner's announces that they're taking a write down on Batgirl and Scoob holiday haunts, right, yep, with the notion that and what was interesting in august of of that that same year, Zaslav on an earnings call said you know to justify what they were about to do with these two completed well. Batgirl was basically completed. Uh, holiday Haunts had had some some work that had to be done, but it, it, Zaslav said, "Look, we're not going to launch a movie until it's ready, and we're not going to put a movie out unless we believe in it." And then later that same year in November, uh, at the at a Deal Book event, you know, he, he again he had taken a lot of heat in the trades and and among other folks in the industry for what he did for Batgirl and and Scoob Holiday Haunts. And he said, look, we made a strategic decision. It was difficult. It was painful. But I think it was the right decision for the company and it was necessary. Which brings us now, Drew, to November of 2023. Now, at this point, uh, Coyote versus Acme is, it's completed, right? And it's done a couple of, of test screenings that's actually done quite well
1: yeah i mean there was a finished it's finished you okay. know it was it played okay when the news first came out there was one more screening um yeah okay so
0: um talk talk us through because uh, again you wrote this amazing story for the rap about This, you know, which when it came out, you know, uh, was published, kind of exploded. You know, it's fascinating to number watch the number of folks who, you know, had previously gotten upset about what happened with Batgirl and with uh, Scoob Holiday Haunts, and this kind of moved it to a whole new level because. (laughs) <laughs> th- those early test th- those test screenings, it, 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 Kaidi versus Acme came away with good scores, and and people were actually talking about we finally have a movie that really is in the spirit of the Looney Tunes shorts, right? And 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 delivers.
1: Yeah, and the, yeah, the and the, and the two D animation for the for the fans out there was done by Duncan Studios, Jim uh, in Pasadena, who we know and love. They did the. Um, animated sequence in Mary Poppins Returns. Just yeah. great 2D animation. And, and in fact, there were some, some in-house animation too at at Warner Brothers, which is, when was the last time you heard somebody pick up a pencil inside Warner yeah. Brothers, Jim? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were a lot of things in this article that nobody knew about, including the fact that there were a number of suitors mm-hmm. for the project uh, that were pretty you know that the, they were good they were good numbers but uh, Warner Brothers was not happy and also did not allow them to counter That's so the
0: thing yeah. i find fascinating about this story that that in a normal negotiation you know i mean it, again it's a negotiation you know that you have a number you want somebody makes an offer you counter they counter you know you eventually get there and the fact that War, you know it was a vacuum it just that they would you know Netflix made an offer and uh, Paramount did, did did I Yeah,
1: Param- and Paramount's offer had a uh, a theatrical component as well. So that is really crushing as you know that we I mean a streaming deal would have been great. Any any deal would have been great, but to have it in theaters would have been really special. Absolutely. Um,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, and again, what's fascinating is, look, clearly given the fact that Zazlev, you know, several times, you know, whether it was the earnings call or the deal book event, you know, what they had done was controversial enough, you know, with Batgirl and Scoob Holiday Hunt that, that Zaslav felt that he had to talk about it publicly. And the fact that he cured it is it's happening all over again. And what's worse is, you know, again, at least with Batgirl and, and, you know, he he could say, well, look, it it wasn't ready. And talked about how, uh, what is it? You know, know, we're not going to put it on a movie just to to get a good quarter. But, you know, here we are revisiting the exact same situation. And and the other thing, I I think the thing that, that strikes me the funniest about all this is, look, you've seen... Looney Tunes back in action, right? The the, the, the you know from November, of course. Of, okay, so live action by Joe Dante and and uh, animation by uh, Eric Goldberg. Uh, but do do you remember the scene in the boardroom where with they have the actual Warner Brothers played by the those twins, Don and Dan Stanton, and but they they have the other people seated at the table with their, their, their the titles of what. They're the VP of in front of them, you know. You have the the vice president in charge of bad ideas. You have the vice president of never learning, and you know, and, and the vice president of stating the obvious. And uh, again, to state the obvious, this what would it take to you know uh, to put the you know to make a deal and put this out into the world, and I uh, you know the the very notion that. How much are they uh, literally? How much are they going to write off for this thing? It's it's a thirty million dollar write down. Is, is, is what I've heard. I, yeah,
1: it's like thirty. Yeah, between thirty and forty million. So I I would say you know if these people came in with more than forty million, that they should have just taken it. But the thing we have to remember that mm-hmm. I, was another thing that I could not believe. Reporting this was that Zaslov and his lieutenants never actually
0: watched the movie. Oh, I, I, and 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 then. What does that say to the creatives in town? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, just, yeah. just in fact, who would want to go work at a studio where, I mean, again, you make a movie, you make a movie that that tests well, you make a movie that that ties into that studio's heritage, that that you know puts an IP out that they own that they market, you know, in a good light, and they get, you know, and the people in charge of the studio won't even watch it. You know, and, and more to the yeah. point, they're making a decision about what to do with, with that film without even taking what it's what 90 minutes long, right? You know, how? probably. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, now, um, uh, what was kind of interesting is that, of course, Drew writes his story and then everybody else in town comments on it. And I want to say it's 48 hours later that a Deadline yeah. finally weighs in. But I have to admit, Deadline did have that one quote from Phil Lord that I thought was kind of interesting. Because Phil, uh, Phil has actually seen the movie. Uh, and he, he yes, but Phil, that was they they had a tweet from yep. Phil. It wasn't like go. they talked to Phil. There we go? Yeah, all right, yeah. so they they, 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 yeah. they But Phil tweeted out how funny it would be for all of this uh, again the 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 controversy about you know effectively deleting you know Coyote versus Acme for, for a tax credit. So how interesting this would be if, if for this to end with a congressional hearing. Uh, because that was the other part, I think, of the story that, that there were people talking in Washington back when Batgirl and Scoob Holiday Hunt, Uh you know, the, the the notion of writing them off and throwing them in the vaults, you know, the effect of this, this seems bordering on illegal, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, and so are you continuing to follow the story? Is there, have there been any development? Well, yeah.
1: I mean, I heard today that there were a bunch of people protesting outside of the studio, which I which is very cool okay. to me. Okay. Um, but you know, I think I think that I still think that the movie is probably doomed. But <sighs> mm-hmm. I think that I made it harder for him to just delete it mm-hmm. and not say anything. the The uh, earnings call is in ten days. I hope and pray if someone is listening that is a major stockholder, ask him what is going on because I know that Warner Brothers has been bad mouthing me to people, but they have never said that anything in my article was actually incorrect. So oh. I am just desperate to know what they're going to do and how they're going to play this because you're right. It, it really riled people up the story. i, know, totally. um, I
0: You know, to, yeah. and uh, it's, t- and again, you know, uh, but there is a ticking clock, I, 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 you know. Isn't there? When does they
1: thought that it would be it would be gone before this call okay. in ten days? But okay, yeah. I mean, I don't.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, but, uh, but, <laughs> forgive me for making this transition. At this point, is it a mission impossible to save this thing, or or could? I mean, yeah,
1: but I think we could still do it. I think if the I don't know, I have this weird sense of optimism that if okay. we are loud enough, and you know, know, but yeah, no, you're uh, right, Jim. It is
0: all right. Just one uh, quick thing before we close here that that the number I think you you shared it in the article that that what uh, Warner Brothers Discovery had decided was their overall cost here between the production costs and that sort of thing they were looking for 70 right 70 million dollars
1: 70 to 80 and i had heard that they were also kind of artificially inflating that number to include fees that really shouldn't have been there but
0: okay you know all right who knows uh, yeah and you know um do you do you think it's possible one of the streaming services at this point i mean You know, if you think about well,
1: I mean, I'm sure that experience was horrible for them if they were throwing out major numbers and not getting any kind of Mm. you know response. Somebody, IndieWire today said there were ten studios in the mix, which I don't even know if there are ten studios in town. I don't know if Hallmark (laughs) Channel was involved or Tubi or I don't know Roku was involved. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah.
0: You know, I, I that, that, that you're right. If somebody told me there were ten, ten studios in town, I, I would struggle to get off of the the fingers of one hand at one, this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, speaking of of Mission Impossible, seriously, folks, if you are not listening to Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast, which uh, Drew does with the, the the very talented Charles Hood, you are missing out on so many great. Uh, not just I mean don't get me wrong. You know the the, the seven Mission Impossible films are, are terrific. And by the way, according to the the ad that ran during the Super Bowl, they're now all streaming on Paramount Plus. Right? Um, yeah, that but, was a cool ad. I, I thought that I, was neat. I, I the longer a, version. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a cool yeah. ad too. But uh, what are, are you? Know, what are you? Or Betty, at who are you and Charles uh, talking with uh, on this week's episode?
1: Well, th- uh, I'm not sure who this week is. We're, we're going back in the catalog and kind of re-releasing the earlier episodes that were part of the show before we were the official Mission Impossible podcast. So we're hoping to give people kind of a glimpse at the early days and also some of our very best episodes. So we're continuing to roll those out right now. So it's kind of a fun treat to go back, yeah. Cool. And, and cool, uh, cool. listen to those, yeah.
0: All right. Uh. And, oh, Uh. You know, while we're, we're, we're talking about uh, our our various projects. I want to remind you that Len and Mind' newest project, the uh, Disney Unpacked uh, show, our first ever video series, uh, which we're doing in collaboration with veteran imaginator Jim Shull. This month, uh, February, Uh, we've been doing shows about Mickey's Toontown. Next month, however, uh, we're going to be doing uh, the history of Rock and Roller coasters, starring Aerosmith. So, uh, you know, uh, fun shows, uh, Chim shares week, <laughs> amazing behind the scenes photos. Uh, you want to head over to Patreon and check that out. Uh, let's see. Uh, also have, uh, want to remind you the other podcasts we have here. I just mentioned Mr. Testo who I of course do Disney dish with. Uh, we also have, uh, Epic universal podcast, which I do with Eric Hersey, uh, just earlier today, uh did a recording of uh, uh we're reviving our merch show I, I want that too and i'm, I'm doing that with uh, eric's lovely bride lauren hersey uh and later this week i will also be recording a brand new looking at lucas film with brian Gunn. and god help me i'm gonna get marvelous disney uh back up out of the ground as well uh anyway uh, let's see what else. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, if you folks could do Drew and I a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcast and rate and review, well, not just the show you're listening to right now, uh, fine tuning, but also uh, Light Diffuse, the, the official Mission of Possible podcast, that would be helpful. Uh, let's see. Also need to mention social media. Uh, you know, and again, well, I know you were on Twitter because we had, you know, 2 million people look at your tweet for, you know, uh, you know, in regard to, Coyote oh, versus, you know, Acme. Where else are you these days?
1: Well, I am everywhere with the Drew tailored handle, Drew tailored, like a tailored shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, I'm mostly active on Twitter even though it sucks so bad. But yeah, follow me wherever your heart desires.
0: (laughs) Okay. In my case, uh, I'm still on X twitter as well. Likewise, Instagram is Jim Hill Media and over on Facebook is Jim Hill Media News. And uh, I guess that's going to do it for this week, folks. But uh, here's a promise. We're coming back next week and we're coming back the week after that. I, again, apologize for the the, the, the blanks in the schedule there, you know, we were overtaken by events, but we're, we're back in the saddle now, and Drew and I will be back with more fine tunings soon. So till then, thanks for listening, and come on back next week, okay?